It's that time. Time again for the Wyoming Cowboy Roundtable. Part of the Go I.O. Go network of programs. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. And I'm joined by four distinguished Wyoming fans. Of course, there's Ian McMacken, the publisher of Go I.O. Go. And we got Jim Inest down there in the Colorado, Denver area. We've got uh, Bran Lemaitre. He's also down there in uh, Colorado in, uh, in the Denver area. And Doug Friesen, who's coming to us from Arizona, I think. So, uh, guys, uh, welcome. And there we have the crowd. The uh, in-studio audience. Gentlemen, uh, welcome to the Go I.O. Go Cowboy Roundtable. Jim, how are you doing? This is your first time this year. Right, Jeff. Uh, We're doing great down here in Colorado. We're all excited to get up to Laramie. We're just counting off the time. That's right. You had your uh, Cowboys in Colorado thing, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, That was uh, right before the game. Uh, we have Bran Lemaitre, also from the Denver area. Uh, what part of Denver are you from, Bran? I'm from Centennial, which is the uh, southeast uh, part of, of Denver. So that's is that near uh, Littleton and down in that part? Yeah, a little bit. Kind of, uh, you got Littleton to the west, and then uh, you got, uh, you know, some of Aurora to the to the east of us. And then you got Parker to the south of us. Okay, so and uh, Jim's over there at Parker, and then uh, Ian, uh, you're um, you're in Denver as well. So, what part of Denver are you from? Well, I'm living in the Tech Center area, um, so just a little bit south of downtown Denver, about 15 miles. So you guys are kind of kind of bunched together there. You're not really far from each other. Uh, a little uh, niche of cowboys. And then, of course, we have Doug Friesen, who is out in Arizona. How's everything out there in Arizona, Doug? Hey, it's, uh, it's fall, spring, whatever you want to call it. All I can tell you is it's 80s and 50s. It's perfect right now. You know, does, the, does the weather really change out there? I just thought it was always hot. Uh, well... Compared to Laramie, it'll be hot Saturday. <laughs> well, that's, that's, uh, yeah, okay. I can get that. I can get that. So, uh, <clears throat> all right, raise your hand. Uh, who went to the New Mexico game out there? Come on, guys, let me know. Uh, Jim, you went? I was the first in the stands. You were the first in the stands. And, of course, <laughs> you went, Ian, right? Yes, I was in uh, Laramie for that great win last week. And uh, Brand? Oh, yeah. Oh, right yeah? there. So uh, Doug, uh, I'm assuming you didn't go. So you and I are the outliers here, being the um, expatriates uh, out of staters. Uh, but you our, did. Our parts were the first ones in, Jeff. You know that. That's Nobody true. Nobody else can lay claim to it. And darn it, the the well, I'll just say this: unnamed person in my household set up this dinner arrangement thing. And good thing for technology, I had my ESPN app under the table and I watched the whole game. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, that setting up, uh, 
events during football games is just really bad, just bad mojo. Um, I saw it one time on a, a, it was some kind of documentary about football fans, and uh, they had this Tennessee couple on, older couple, and they actually said, they actually warned their daughter not to get married on a Tennessee home football game date. Well, she set it up, and they didn't go to her wedding. <laughs> so that is pretty bad. I don't know if I, I I don't know if I could ever get away with something like that, but uh, just all. Hey Jeff, now that you shared that story, I got to jump in. I know it's a little off topic, but I got married X number of years ago, many many, but um, it was on a bye week, and the following week. Wyoming was out of town, so I missed nothing on the home turf. All right. All right. That's well, how my wedding date got set in the fall. <laughs> well, so you got to be, these things are important. That's correct. Priorities in life. Priorities, priorities. So, okay, well, good. Well, you know, we all have great stories of our dedication to the Cowboys. It's a couple of years ago, my wife said, well, I got this trip all ready and planned to go to an island in Greece. I go, well, when is this trip planned? She goes, in September. I go, well, okay, let me think about this. I can either be on a nice island in Greece or in Laramie, Wyoming. Uh, I think I'm going to Laramie. (laughs) And you're still married to the same woman. Absolutely. She always is amazed by, and she tells me, Jim, why do you do this to yourself? (laughs) I go, well, that's what a fan is all about. That's right, right. My wife saw me, have seen me suffer, and, um, you know, uh, uh, she said the other day that I didn't hear any yelling from my office here uh, when I was watching the game. And I said, well, I didn't have a lot of things to yell about. You know, I had a lot of cheering, but uh, I, she, say, she contends I've mellowed out, you know, now that I'm retired. So, but, um, all right, guys. Uh we played New Mexico, and uh, just get around the horn here a little bit. Um, uh, what's your uh, overall impression of the game? Uh, we'll start with you, Jim. Well, at, obviously, you were very encouraged with the first play and the big touchdown run. And what I thought was a you know poor call was it was away from the play. It was even a late flag, as I recall. And then it seemed like the next two or three drives, we kind of had what was plaguing us all year. In fact, I think I mentioned to you, Jeff, my good friends turned around to me and said, oh, no, another one of these lackluster games. Hmm. And one quarter later, everything just changed quickly. So it certainly wasn't what I was expecting at all. I was expecting more of a Utah State type of game, yeah, a real tug of war. And I would never believe what, you know, happened that evening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I tell you. Uh, what was the atmosphere like, uh, Brandon, in the stadium? Was it, uh, uh, were they a little skeptical at first? But then once things broke loose, it sounded on the radio broadcast that they were really going nuts. Yeah, I think uh, the, you know, at first, I think uh, it's just like Jim's reaction there. You know, we're kind of. You know, we're not sure what to expect. And then all of a sudden, just things just started unloading. And next thing you know, the Wyoming is, 
you know, uh, uh, scoring on pretty much every, you know, possession that they have. And, and I think it, a lot of people were stunned, but boy, you know, right close to halftime, I mean, you know, people were cheering, people were high-fiving each other in the stands. And I mean, it was probably one of the better halves of college football that I've seen. And uh, yeah, I think, I think uh, everybody had, you know, some mild surprise, but, you know, if you follow this team, I think you knew that, that they were more than, you know, capable of it. Well, i tell you what, let's, um, uh, I did the play-by-play. I get, I get the highlights from Learfield Sports. They're kind enough to let me use them. Let me play the highlights and uh, we'll come back and t- discuss it a little bit more. Four Lobos of New Mexico came to War Memorial Stadium this weekend to play the 4-3 Wyoming Cowboys for their homecoming in a critical Mountain Division game. The Cowboys got off to a great start when Wyoming quarterback Josh Allen hit James Price for 75 yards on a TD on the first play of scrimmage that was nullified by an illegal player downfield call. Wyoming junior defensive end Carl Granderson overrode the mistake with a line of scrimmage interception of a Lamar Jordan pass and returning the ball to the New Mexico three-yard line. Here's Jordan trying to set the screen. This is picked off by Granderson. Carl Granderson puts on a move at the 30. Shutters attacker at the 25. He's to the 20, the 10. Granderson inside the five to the three-yard line. What a pick. What a run back. Oh, Carl, it's good to have you back. Cowboys quarterback Josh Allen scored on a one-yard plunge on a two-play drive. Allen will come up under center. He's got it. He stretches out. He's in. That's a Cowboy. Put your arms up. Touchdown, Cowboys. After this successful extra point, Wyoming led the Lobos 7-0 with 2.37 remaining in the first quarter. Wyoming junior free safety Marcus Epps added to the Lobos' woes in the second quarter with an interception of a Tavika Tawudi pass at the New Mexico 31. Three minutes and 27 seconds remaining in the second quarter. Third and seven, back to throw. Jordan being rushed, now throws it in. It's going to be picked off. It's intercepted. Picked off by Marcus Epps along the far sidelines. Six plays and 29 yards later, Allen hit Gillette Wyoming's junior tight end, Austin Fort, for a touchdown. Allen this time will step back into the shotgun. Nico Evans in the backfield with him off his left shoulder. A pair of receivers to the left side of the formation. Allen, jump pass, wide open, caught. Austin Fort, that's a touchdown, Cowboys. After the extra point, Wyoming led the Lobos 14 to nothing with 12 minutes and seven seconds remaining in the first half. Wyoming recovered another New Mexico turnover with eight minutes and eight seconds remaining in the half when freshman safety Braden Smith recovers a blocked punt at the Lobos 15 yard line. Tohe and Boyce on the chase and it was Gurgle. 
It upended him and made the tackle. Now here's the punt by Zaleski as Davis comes up for fair catch. That ball's loose. It looks like it has been touched. Cowboys after. Cowboys have it. Is there football? Yes! Wyoming football at the 15-yard line. Austin Fort answered the bell again with a two-yard run for a touchdown with seven minutes and 32 seconds remaining in the half. Trey Woods, the deep back and the offset eye. They'll give it on the jet sweep to Fort, and he's in, untouched. Touchdown, Cowboys. The extra point was good, making the score Wyoming 21, New Mexico 0. Not satisfied with two touchdowns, Austin Fort found the end zone again at the three-minute, 32-second mark in the second quarter following an 11-yard pass from Josh Allen. Milo Hall gets just enough for the first down. It's a first and 10 at the 11. Allen over the middle into the end zone. This is caught. Touchdown, Cowboys. Austin Fort again, his third touchdown of the game. After the extra point, Cowboys led the Lobos 28 to nothing. The Lobos coughed the ball up again on their next play from scrimmage when Wyoming safety Andrew Wingard intercepted a Tawidi pass at 3.09 mark in the half that he returned to the New Mexico 30. Into the game, Tuioti, he wants to throw, fires over the middle, this is deflected, picked off by Wingard. Wingard at the 40, he's to the 30, takes a hit and down he goes at the 30-yard line. It's another takeaway for the Wyoming Cowboy defense. Wow, they've got it first down at the New Mexico 30-yard line. The Cowboys just took two plays to score again when Josh Allen found sophomore wide receiver John Akawali on a 19-yard pass to score with two minutes and 46 seconds remaining in the half. Allen wants to throw again. Looks to the end zone. This is going to be caught, and this is going to be a touchdown. Cowboys, John Akawali with the score. Following the extra point, Wyoming leads 35 to nothing. Andrew Wingard got another interception off a Tawadi pass at the Wyoming 47 with just 58 seconds remaining in the half. Third and six, Tuioti. Gonna be flushed, oh, gets away. Rolling left, throws downfield. This is gonna be picked off. A flag on the play as Wingard comes down with it. Let's check the flag, but this looks like another cowboy takeaway. Josh Allen hit junior receiver J.C. Johnson on the very next play for a 38-yard touchdown pass with just under 50 seconds remaining in the half. Allen into the pocket, wants to throw. Now looks downfield and fires, man, wide open. This is caught. Touchdown, C.J. Johnson. Following the extra point, the score stood at Cowboys 42, New Mexico 0. Wyoming recorded its sixth takeaway of the game with nine minutes and 39 seconds remaining in the third quarter when sophomore cornerback Tyler Hall intercepted a Lamar Jordan pass at the Wyoming 20-yard line. Jordan back to throw, looks deep over the middle, and this is going to be intercepted. This is picked off by Tyler Hall. How about takeaway number six for the Cowboys? 
The Lobos saved a shutout with a 42-yard field goal attempt from the Wyoming 42-yard line, making the score Wyoming 42, New Mexico 3, with 14.08 remaining in the fourth quarter. Wyoming recorded its seventh takeaway after junior Tyree Mayfield recovered a Ronnell Jordan fumble at the New Mexico 12-yard line with four minutes and seven seconds remaining in the game. Moving to his left and uh, dropping it, Jordan. It's picked up by the Cowboys inside the five-yard line. Rommel Jordan fumbles, muffs the punt. That's the second time that's happened to him tonight. And down there to come up with it was Tyree Mayfield for the Cowboys. At the end of the game, the Cowboys get their fifth win of the season, beating New Mexico Lobos 42 to nothing. We want to thank UW Sports Properties and Learfield Sports for the use of the broadcast highlights. Well, 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 well. Uh, <clears throat> um, <laughs> I said 42 to nothing at the end of that. It was 42 to 3. Uh, this is what I get for recording that thing at the last minute. Uh, didn't get a chance to... <clears throat> correct that and I also mispronounced uh, CJ Johnson called him JC so I hope you guys don't beat me too severely for that but uh, that was uh, that was like 15 highlights and uh, when we had the um, uh, the Utah State game I had like five or six so <laughs> that was quite something uh, so any last thoughts here about uh, before we wrap up the New Mexico game, uh, Ian? Well, I thought Carl Granderson uh, really started the kind of the tone and the lid off the team, a little, you know, helped him out with that uh, great interception. It was the most athletic interceptions I've seen out of a Wyoming player. Um, and making that play just seemed to put a spark in the Cowboys team looking to really try to get things going, you know. And I, I think from that point forward, uh, you know, it just uh, – it broke open and hopefully it can continue going at Colorado state this Saturday. Well, yeah. Um, I agree with you there. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, well, we'll talk about the the sheep here in a little bit, but that's going to be interesting. Brand, how about you? Any last thoughts on the New Mexico game? Um, just, I was really pleased with the fact that, um, again, you know, that, you know, the, the offense, you know, takes what the defense gives them, and and that kind of applies to your own defense as well. And I think they did a, a really fantastic job of converting all of those turnovers into points, except for the last last turnover. But the game was already put away. So, yeah, it was just it was fantastic. I was more than more than happy on the drive home. <laughs> I can imagine that was. Uh... Make for a good drive. Well, let's close the door on this one. And uh, now we've got the sheep. And this is, uh, you know, we've got we've got the sheep going here. But let's uh, let's hope we're having a shearing here. So let's apply some razor to them. Yeah, there you go. Shear them a little bit. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, down, guys. Down. Down. Okay, so... It's Sheep Week. Uh, Jim, uh, what's your thoughts on this? Well, it's obviously the 50th time of the bronze boot, so it's uh, it's a biggie. 
Um, you know, this game kind of scared me early in the season when you were looking at CSU's offense. Uh, but I see this game truly being one of strength versus strength. And I think we've all talked about that. But ultimately, this game, I think, will be determined by what we see as perceived weaknesses of the two teams. The, two, the weakness of the CSU defense and the perceived weakness of the Wyoming offense. But, you know, I'm thinking that Josh Allen and his ability to put this team on his shoulders, that that is the big equalizer. So you have the potential first-round pick being on the Wyoming offense, and I don't think that the CSU defense has anybody even remotely close to what Josh Allen can do for Wyoming's offense. You know, they don't have a Carl Granderson. CSU doesn't have an Andrew Wingard. They don't have Yo-Yo, and they don't have a Kevin Prosser. You know, Jeff, you can go on and on with the various type of defensive players uh, that we have, and we have a Josh Allen on the offense. While when you compare their defense, CSU's defense, and their weakness, they don't have that one big playmaker. So, um, you know, Wyoming's offense, I think, is on a – positive trajectory and while I think the sheep will certainly come out swinging Saturday uh, my gut says that they will and I think their pride has been hurt enough after losing to Air Force but we're playing at home we have probably one of the top defenses in in the in the conference certainly we have the top defense in the conference and the boot stays in Laramie. So <laughs> I have it pretty much 30, 24 uh, Cowboys. It's going to be a tough game, but uh, I see this as a home win. Josh Allen has a big game. The defense plays well. CSU scores a late touchdown, but we, we take it. What about you, Doug? You as confident as Jim there is? Hey, how can you not be after that total domination of New Mexico on both sides of the ball, despite the second half um, snoozer, you know, where they were just working on some stuff. Um, CSU's on in kind of a little funk. Let's hope that they stay that way, you know, because their, their last three games, um, Air Force is by far the best of the last three teams, um, in my opinion. And uh, yet they barely squeaked out a home win over Nevada, where Nevada had every opportunity to take it. Uh, Nevada's what one in seven on the year. They they had to fight hard to hold off New Mexico. Uh, granted, it was at UNM, but you know they they won by three points, and Air Force just took it to them in Fort Collins. So you know I, the one thing that I've noticed is that CSU is really only had to play two defensive teams all year, year. They've lost both of them. They lost to CU and obviously to Alabama. I don't know how much Alabama was really into that game, you know, because CSU put up some respectable numbers on them. You know, the same day we were getting blasted by Oregon or whatever it seemed like, you know, and, and uh, but um, if, if our defense puts together their scheme, can put some pressure on Stevens, shut down certain aspects of it, what we're going to need to see is that confidence that is starting to show up in the receivers. I watched uh, the 
our receivers coach. I apologize for, I uh, forget his name right here at the moment, but he talked about uh, working with the receivers on catching the ball with your hands instead of like letting the ball come in and hit you off their, your body before you try and put your hands around it and stuff and gaining more confidence in making your cuts and sticking your hands out and getting that ball there and getting that foot down as you saw like, you know, and um, who was it? Was it 85? Is that Mayfield or whatever, you know, catches that, gets that one foot down right short of the end zone on just a, a spectacular pass down that sideline to keep a drive alive where we scored the next touchdown. We can make those plays. We can run our defense. We're going to put a handle on this and, and come away with the win. And I do expect it to be somewhat of a tough battle. I'll ask every time that I think there's going to be this real tough battle, it seems like one team or the other just dominates. Well, I'd love to see the Pokes dominate, but I don't care if we won three to two. I'd be happy <laughs> as, as long as there's a W on the scoreboard when we're back. Well, yeah. Now, uh, Bowl in his presser was asked about the offensive identity and how it's been improving. Let's listen to that. I thought we made a step forward when I saw our receivers this morning at breakfast. I mentioned that to them. I thought they're a maturing group, uh, emerging group, I should say. And uh, it was encouraging for them to go up and make plays when they were, like I said, sometimes contested, you know, whether it was John O'Quali, um, you know, certainly James Price made some cuts. I thought Austin Ford did some good things. And so, um, and I'm probably leaving some names out of there. Austin Conway, it was encouraging to see. And so what we cannot do, though, is say, okay, Josh has got an excellent arm. All we'll do is just throw the ball, uh, chuck it uh, 70 times a game. We need to be able to run the football. So there was um, Coach Bowl uh, mentioning some of the same things. Some of that confidence is coming back. They're getting their kind of identity. Um, uh, Ian, uh, uh, do you think that um, this game will be uh, a lot more lopsided than some of us are fearing? Well, I don't want to go that direction with this uh, particular game. I, I really do think it's going to be a, a, a closer game than it was last year. I just think CSU has its backs against the wall a little bit. And anytime you play a team that's a little cornered, uh, they're going to come out fighting. Um, so I think it's going to be a little bit more of a, uh, it's going to be a close battle. I think what Jim and uh, Doug said are really, they're very spot on about this game. I think they analyzed it really well. Uh, it's going to be a close game. I think the Cowboys have proven under Coach Bull in these big conference games, uh, they're going to stay pr pretty competitive uh, with within a game. So I think um, it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. It's going to be a close game, and the Pokes are going to find a way to victory. Well, you know, uh... They lead the nation in takeaways, I believe. Uh, they had seven last uh, <laughs> last game, so it's not surprising. Uh, but, you know, uh, I'm hoping that they can um, take it away from the Rams. Uh, but they ask him about the takeaway belts and chains and stuff that other teams are wearing and whether Wyoming was going to go that route. Uh, not doing that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Uh, but what is going to happen, I mean, it's not by chance we are leading the country in takeaways, which we focus on, and we're also leading the country in turnover margin. And that's, I've always felt like the most important statistic. Uh, if you look at the games we've won, you know, we've usually fared well. And I don't think we need a trophy to get our guys going after the football. Other schools may, that's fine. Um, I also think that there's a, a direct correlation. The more ability you have out there, the more 
uh, confident and the more aggressive guys play, the more times you get the ball. I mean, there's more hats around the football. Guys are flying around. They're more disruptive. Um, that's a – we got a, a group of defensive players that are out there playing Mach 1, and they that there's a frenzy that they're playing with, and it's showing. And, you know, it was neat to see. And I, and I think New Mexico, uh, there was a couple that seemed – Okay, they just gave us something, but there was other ones that you know. I thought Carl's uh, interception on the screen pass, he made a play. I mean, they're trying to throw a, a, a high screen over the top of him. He's six foot six with really long arms that can jump really well, and that was a great play by him. And I thought Dewey's interception was outstanding. Uh, Tyler Hall's interception was great. So we're going to keep on forcing that. No belts. No belts. <laughs> You heard that no belt. So I guess, you know, he's a he's a no frills kind of guy. I know I've heard a lot of fans uh, on the board have written, you know, oh, I want the names on the back of the jerseys, but uh, he ain't going to play that game. So I'm not surprised that uh, belts and all that other kind of stuff is uh, verboten for him. Uh, Brand, uh, what are you thinking about facing um, Colorado State's uh, offense? Uh, anything that you see there that concerns you? Um, well, you know, CSU, they like to come out, you know, swinging, you know, on offense and, and scoring quickly and, and uh, you know, getting on top of a team. And I think, you know, that's where, you know, the defense comes in, you know, in particular, you know, our defense, that is. Um, they just got to come in and smack CSU in the mouth. If we can do that, then I think, you know, it just sets up, everything else, you know, uh, nicely. Cause, uh, you know, like the other guys have just said that, you know, D, uh, CSU's defense is kind of, is, is questionable. And, and I think, if, you know, if, if the Wyoming defense can come in and just start smacking them in the mouth and, you know, prevent them from scoring, you know, quick and early, then, you know, I think we can, you know, uh, grind it out for the win. Well, um, they do have uh, they do have one uh, spectacular player uh, on their uh, offense, and that's that uh, receiver. I think it's Gallup. Is his name? Michael Gallup. Yeah, Michael Gallup. Well, um, uh, Bo was asked about him. Well, he's going to be in the in National Football League. I can tell you that. Here's what I see, Robert. I, you see somebody who's you know sturdy, six foot one, about two hundred pounds, and he's strong. So when he comes off the line, he's got excellent explosion but you're not dealing with a slight guy that just runs fast uh, you know he uses his body well he's able to go up and and make contested catches he runs well after the catch he's strong he's physical and he's he's playing with a, a you know a, a great deal of I don't know what the term would be but it's almost like he and Stevens know each other before something is even going to happen and so that combination is is really been uh, Productive, and it's going to be a challenge for us to slow that down. To say we're going to eliminate that, I don't think we can do that. But to try to limit the number of big plays and the number of catches is going to be important. Jim, uh, are you worried about this guy, this Michael Gallup guy? Well, you have to be, especially this week. Uh, last week, from what I understand, their other two alternate receivers did not get any playing time or they were really limited because of injuries. But now they're going to have those other two to complement Gallup. 
And I know early on in the season that uh, I think it was New Mexico tried, no, it was Hawaii. Hawaii tried to uh, limit Gallup and uh, their other receiver, Clark, you know, turned uh, two long touchdown passes right away. So they're, they're very diversified as far as their offense. And then what's also scary to, to a certain extent, you know, they remind me a little bit of Wyoming's offense from last year, because not only do they have those three great receivers, but they also have, I think a real quality running back. He's not very big, but he knows how to hit the holes and he's very quick in the, in Dawkins. So they're a pretty diversified offense and you, throw in what I agree with Coach Bull, a NFL-type receiver, it's going to cause our defense to have their day. Do you see this as kind of a shootout game? I don't. I, I think that the uh, Wyoming defense is stout enough. They put enough pressure on them. They're experienced. And you know, guys, that year we had all set through in 2015, that's all paying dividends right now. We have a set of defensive backs that are experienced. They've been through it for three years together, and they've seen it all. So I think that's the big neutralizer. Well, uh, I tell you, the um, uh, discussion uh, at the uh, press conference was um, seeing uh, if they thought they could get pressure on uh, the, the reporters were asking Bowl about getting pressure on Stevens. I think you're uh, you're spot on. Anytime that you can take a quarterback out of their comfort zone, get a couple hurries. Uh, you know, the, to credit Stevens, he hasn't been sacked a lot, and I think a lot of that is is Coach Bobo was a quarterback. He coached quarterbacks. I think he uh, he's done a great job uh, mentoring him. Uh, Stevens gets rid of the football. He, he places at different places, so therefore he doesn't take a lot of sacks. Not that he's hasn't had some pressure on him. He's just getting the ball, uh, uh, cutting the ball loose. So, uh, you know, it's pretty much standard operating procedure. You know, if you can get pressure on the quarterback, um, you do uh, uh, make it more difficult for him to uh, get the ball out there and to, to see who's out there. So hopefully uh, Granderson and, and Prosser and those guys can um, uh, cut the edge and uh, really get it on him. Because uh, if he can't get the ball to Gallup, we don't have to worry about him. <laughs> so uh, that's the way I look at it. Uh, now, uh, Bowl was asked about the rivalry, and so was um, so was uh, uh, Josh. And I wanted to ask you, uh, uh, Brand, what is the what does the rivalry mean to you? Um, well, it's it's kind of you know, interesting in that, um, you know, I, I went to CSU for graduate school and, you know, but I didn't, I never had time while in graduate school to really go to any games. I think I remember watching the CU CSU game and CSU got drilled the one year, but, um, you know, as you know, with, um, my grandfather and, and that whole, you know, backstory, um, you know, with, with all of that, you know, uh, you know, the, the last, uh, time that I saw him, you know, uh, before he passed away was Wyoming beating CSU 24 to nothing. And that was just, you know, ever since then, it's just been, you know, uh, 
it's it's a memory for me. Um, so yeah, it means a lot. You know, the border war means a lot, and uh, and you know, uh, like I said, you know, to you guys before with with my grandfather passing, his last words after we told him, you know, that I heard from him was after we told him the score, Pokes won twenty four nothing. He said, you know, uh, uh, WYO, go Pokes. <laughs> so, yeah, it means, uh, you know, a lot to me. And, you know, I'm kind of choking up right now when I talk about it. You know, I'm a, I'm a cheese ball that way. But, yeah, you know, the rivalry, rivalries in college football are just a lot of fun, right? I mean, you know, you can talk about rivalries in the NFL, you know, yeah, you know, the Broncos, we hate the Raiders and, you know, in the Patriots, but it's nothing, it doesn't approach in my mind, you know, the, the, the rivalries that are in college football. And we've got a great one. You know, we got the longest standing uh, rivalry, you know, uh, west of the Mississippi. So, yeah, it's big. It's huge. Well, uh, Bo was asked about uh, his, since he's been here uh, to, I think, this is his fourth year, right? Fifth year. Okay. Fourth. fourth. Okay. So he's. this will be his fourth one. He, he was asked about the rivalry. Very first group and probably the group that I, I pay attention to more than any other group is our former players. And to our former players, uh, this is a big, big ball game, which makes it a big game for us. And it's interesting when you talk to the former CSU players, the older players, this is the game that they focus on. And so we recognize we're playing for more than just what our football team is. The first group that we're always sensitive to is those former players who played back in the 50s and the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s. And it's a big, big game. I also think it's a big game for the people in our state. Uh, you know, we have one school in our state and so for us to uh, to show well and, and play against Colorado State is important. And so I can say this is uh, it would be a whole lot easier for me as a head football coach if I didn't like Coach Bobo. But I, I'm not saying he's one of my closest friends in this profession, but I have a great deal of respect for Coach Bobo and their coaches and how they run their program. And so that makes this a healthy, healthy rivalry. Uh, I've been on the other side when you, you don't have that. But I think these are things that are good for college football. And our fans embrace it. And I know it's going to create a lot of excitement. That was an interesting take that Bo had in, in, in recognizing the um, older players. You know, I think the, it's it's kind of hard to impart to the younger players um, what this really means. And uh, But I think he really gets it. And... Uh, uh, Doug, I, uh, do you have any fond uh, uh, border game memories? Something about, uh, uh, wasn't there like this instance where CSU decided on their home field to come down through the student <laughs> section instead of the normal way? And uh, it turned into like this massive brawl at midfield before the first kick was even, or first Run, play was even made, and then at the end of the game, 
if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think his old Myron Hardiman, you know, he had hurt a leg and he was there on his crutches, kind of wiggling them, which would probably be called taunting now or whatever. And the rest of us were just having a blast, waving <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> well, I remember so, that game. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, when you have a when you have a fist fight break out at the coin toss, you've got a rivalry. And, uh, oh, yeah, I remember the team coming down through the student section, and they took their entire team out, I think, for the coin toss, or at least all the seniors. So we had our, like, three or four guys out there, and they had their whole bunch there. And I remember at the end of the coin toss, um, a punch got exchanged. I don't know if a CSU guy punched a Wyoming guy, and a Wyoming guy punched him back, but it just was like a little spark, and boy, both benches. I thought they were going to cancel the game. I really did. I thought is uh, watching some CSU player taking off his helmet and trying to bash Wyoming players, and that guy got put down real fast. <laughs> yeah. And if you remember, Jeff, uh, the CSU team did not even come out and warm up. Uh, they were non-existent. And Wyoming was out there by themselves warming up for the, the pregame. And the first appearance of the CSU team was when they came out of the stands in the student section. Uh, I think that was one of Jerry Wampler's last hurrah as a CSU coach. Yeah. <laughs> but I tell you, that was something else. Um, of course, uh, I remember um, the game. I was trying to remember. Oh, uh, uh, it was a game that uh, I was a freshman. And it was shortly after the I, – I came in. I went to school. I started school in 72. Uh, fall of 72. So this is a few years, a couple of years removed from um, the um, uh, from the Black 14 thing. And I think they finally won a game against us at home uh, when I was a freshman, if I'm, not, if I'm remembering it correctly. And boy, that was so devastating. We used to just beat them like a drum. <laughs> and, and to lose to them at home was, uh, it was terrible. It was terrible. Well, they had some. They had some tough years there with, uh, you know, Jerry Wampler and Sarkis Arcelanian and some of the coaches they brought in during those years. And you know, you used to watch them on Channel Seven News because, of course, we had all the Denver channels up in Wyoming, and you'd watch those coaches lament and trying to come up with a couple highlights to show to their few faithful. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, we drummed them ten years in a row, and uh, you know that was that was always a W on the on the uh, thing until until Sonny uh, Sonny came down, and uh, he got that program running, and uh, he's been the best coach that they've had uh, ever. You know we've got we've got this big long list of coaches. You know we can talk about Devaney, we can talk about Bowden, we can talk about you know. Uh, um, well, even Akers, who was only here two years, he he got the thing running again. We've had great coaches, and the, uh, they've all gone off uh, to bigger pastures, so to speak, greener pastures. And uh, I like to I like to ridicule the um, sheep with the fact that they've only had one coach hired away from their school, and that was McIlvain, and uh, he doesn't seem to have a job anymore at <laughs> at Florida. So they can talk all about their um, 
glory years, but uh, they certainly haven't had the coaches that we've had. And uh, what do you think about that, Ian? Is that is that uh, is that a pretty fair assessment? I think it's a good assessment. Um, I actually the the game I remember in '96 when we drove down the field and beat them to go to the WAC championship game against BYU. But one of my all-time favorite uh, Border War games was the one in 1998, the Fog game in Fort Collins. Mm. Uh, the Fog was it was an ESPN game. Uh, Dana Dimmel, Aaron Cowboys actually came out of there with a victory. It was actually a huge victory because both teams were actually in the conference race at that point. Uh, you know, bowl eligible type teams, even though the Cowboys did make the bowl that year, just the way the bowl system was set up. But I think your assessment's uh, really good um, about that. It's, uh, you know, certainly Lubick is the only one you go back to the history that had any, in any big time success there at that school. So, well, um, this Bobo, um, Sounds like that uh, he's a transient um, you know, SEC guy, so you know that um, uh, he's probably got his uh, sight set for one of those schools, and uh, um, we don't know how long he's going to be around. So um, uh, we'll keep holding well, on. The to- best way to keep him in Fort Collins is to beat them on Saturday, <laughs> and his marketability will have decreased substantially. Well, yeah, they... I think Jim brings a good point up there. He may not move on; he might actually be out the door if if this this program doesn't get the traction because they got the new football stadium. They're going to be under big pressure to win there and keep that thing filled uh, with investment they've made in that into the football stadium. So Jim has a good point; he may not be going anywhere. He might be going the opposite direction. <laughs> Well, let's take uh, another look at this, too, in this rivalry. But, um, you know, as big a game it is, it's just really one in the whole schedule of 12. But CSU has a lot of seniors, and this is the best product they're putting out when it's matured. And I tell you what, I like a group dominated by underclassmen that it's November folks. And we're still talking about fighting for the division title in a possible conference championship. If things fall into the right place, when do we often talk about in the past, what almost 18 years since the late nineties, have we talked even about back to back plus 500 seasons? Yeah, so you- <laughs> You got I, that. I got the November fever burning. The World Series over, and now it's now we're rounding third and going home with college football. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I tell you, that is an unusual feeling. I don't know. I haven't quite grasped that yet. I mean, there were so many of those years where you know we were out of it early, and uh, uh, you know, usually got blasted by everybody. And uh, now this is this is a strange feeling, but I like it. I like it. I think I can get used to it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're such a young team at this uh, juncture we're still a, a young football team and I sat through a lot of that, that decade with Doug because me and Doug used to drive up from Denver to Laramie for a lot of those games in the Glen and part of the Christensen era and it was a, a dry era because I think we went about what five or six years with the between bowl appearances oh yeah yeah it was a long haul there now my best memory uh, of the pokes uh, in the uh, in my time being an expatriate, uh, you know, out out of uh, out of stater, is I got a chance to go to that Tennessee game where Wyoming won, <laughs> and that was a that was a fabulous uh, experience. Even though both coaches got 
expired at the end of the year. Uh, Tennessee's well, Fomer was already on the outs, and uh, uh, Glenn did not beat CSU at the end of the season, and that was his that was his uh, coup d'état. You know, that's uh, that put him on the outs. So yeah, it's been a long, lonely. Um, Drag being a, a Wyoming fan uh, ever since ever since the turn of the century, it's taken about seventeen, sixteen, seventeen years to get her back around. Even though we've had some success here and there, but nothing consistent. Uh, you're right. So, um, I think we've uh, covered it uh, quite a bit. Uh, oh, I wanted to ask you, uh, Jim. Uh, you uh, Cowboys in Colorado has their uh, quarterly meetings, but you're going to also have a tailgate here at the CSU game. Is that right? That's right. And we're doing it just to uh, have it for the members and those that attend the Cowboys in Colorado, but also uh, just to get everybody on the go YO go board to know that they can attend and maybe we can finally have a chance to meet everybody. And Brand, I need to give you uh, credit because ultimately you were the one that kind of gave birth to this idea of Cowboys in Colorado. And <laughs> that happened I just uh, had the shirt. four or five years ago at a lonely game in, in a bar in Parker, Colorado, while we're watching the Cowboys getting drummed by somebody and lamenting about what are we going to do with this Dave Christensen guy? Wouldn't it be nice to have a that coach from North Dakota State? So I guess it goes to say don't, uh, you know, pray for things, but it just might happen. <laughs> well, now and, I, and at the time, Jim, I thought, I thought you were nuts that, uh, you know, uh, a lower division head coach, you know, how could he possibly, you know, do anything in, in you know, Division One, even at Wyoming, right? But you were right. I think, you know, um, I think Bowl has been a, a good, very positive turnaround for, for Wyoming. You know, the one thing, too, is it seems to me is that since he's been hired, even though we've had, you know, we had that one bad year, 2015. But personally, I've been just the spirit, again, of being a Wyoming Cowboy fan just ignited overnight as soon as that announcement was made. And I think, you know, well, of course there's some fans, you just can't please them with anything. But I would say that everybody here tonight got that sense of excitement. Your spirit was ignited when he was announced as the new head football coach at the university of Wyoming. I was actually amazed, uh, that, uh, uh we were able to pull it off, uh, uh, to get him to come here. But um, uh, when he tells you that um, this is where he wants to be, I believe him. Uh, he, he doesn't come off as one of these guys that are, you know, uh, running, uh, trying to run out and get the biggest uh, job they can get running after the money. And so um, uh, I really get the feeling that uh, this, if this is not his last job, it's going to be a long lasting job relative to the fact that, um, most of our coaches average like four and a half years, <laughs> four and a half years lately. I mean, the longest serving coach we've ever had was Eaton. He was nine. And then the next, uh, next longest was six years. Uh, Glenn was here and some other guys. So, uh, Keller. 
Yeah. So I think that um, uh, he's in for the long haul. And uh, that is really, really something that uh, uh, makes for um, the fan base. And uh, I think he's really going to bring the program around. So I have a lot of confidence. Jeff, I I don't, I want to, I got sidetracked on the question you asked me, but yes, uh, there is a tailgate event for Cowboys in Colorado and everybody on the go Y O go board is specifically invited. So we can all get a chance to meet each other and we'll be in tailgate alley, uh, there towards the stands. So you'll, you'll see the Cowboys in Colorado flag that Mike Fitzgerald has purchased and it'll be up there flying pretty high. And so everybody is welcome. Uh, we have uh, Black Tooth a Beer Company from Sheridan is donating beer. Oh, nice. So it should be a, a great event, and I hope that everybody can make it. Well, good. I'm, uh, I'd am i like to come there. Uh, I'm going to be sitting in Winchester, Virginia at my son's house <laughs> watching the game, only because I don't get CBS Sports. I'm a... Uh, I pulled the plug, so yeah, I'll be there. So yeah, I'll be thinking of you guys. And uh, speaking of um, beer, you know, it's about that time. And you know, you know what I like to do at the end of these things. I, I need a, I need a cold one. So uh, let me go over here and reach this. There we go. Ah, very good. Very good. Strike up the band here, guys. That's why we drink it here. And when we're gone from here, what our friends will be drinking. Yeah, my friends will be drinking all the beer out there in the parking lot. That's why we drink. Cowboys in Colorado tailgate. All right, guys, I want to thank you for um, joining me on this Cowboy Round Table. Uh, right before we play the dreaded sheep game. Uh, so I want to thank you, uh, Ian. Um, uh, thank you, uh, Doug. Thank you, and Jim and Brand. Thank you for showing up, and uh, hopefully some of you guys will come back next week and uh, we'll discuss some more Wyoming football, all right? Sounds good, Jeff. See you next week. All right. Thanks, Jeff, for doing this. Okay, we'll see you later. Stay warm, everyone. Stay warm. Here we go. Well, there you have it. Another Cowboy Round Table. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. Been here with Ian McMacken, the publisher of Go Wild Go, along with three Wyoming dedicated fans, Jim Anest from Parker, Colorado, Doug Friesen from the lonely state of Arizona. Bran Lemaitre has also been with us. So thank you guys. And uh, come back next week for another Cowboy Roundtable. Cowboy Roundtable is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media. All rights reserved.